Today, we're on Mark chapter 6. <clears throat> we'll be looking at verses 1 to 30 today. The chapter is kind of long, and the information is um, <clears throat> detailed. Some things are. Uh, will you guys start to, to chapter 6? Yes. Uh, yeah, today we're... We didn't finish the chapter 5. Oh, I think we did, actually. We did. We did, yeah. We finished. We did. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Were you here on Friday or Thursday? Yep, we came up to chapter 6. I've got it marked. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this time we're looking at uh, starting here with the um, Jesus coming into his own country, his own city, his own town. And he starts um, uh, teaching and sharing some things with them. Um, but we're going to see a lesson about his experience there. Maybe we can read from verses 1 to 6. And why don't we start with Susan? Yes. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Uh, accompanied. Accompanied by? Accompanied by his disciples. 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 Okay, that means they're with him. Like yeah. Korean, what do you say, rang? Rang? Accompanied? Yeah, rang. Yeah. yeah. When the samples come, he uh -huh. went to teach in the synagogue. 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 Uh -huh. Many who heard him well amazed. Okay, let's stop there for just a minute. Uh, okay, Jesus comes to his hometown, right? He's in his hometown area. Uh, when he goes, he goes into the synagogue, the Jewish place of worship, and he starts uh, worshiping on the Sabbath. Um, he began to teach in the synagogue. Now, what we know, we know from the Gospels, it was the custom, it was the lifestyle of Jesus to always worship God on the Sabbath day. Every Sabbath day, Jesus was in the synagogue, right? Um, he was he was worshiping Alice. <laughs> yeah, every Sabbath day. Um, the book of Luke tells us it was the custom of Jesus uh, to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and to worship. All right. So this is Jesus, and I think Jesus is the best example for us as a Christian. We want to follow Jesus. Whatever Jesus does is a good thing for us to do. Um, so that's also why I believe, I believe the Sabbath is very important um, as a special day of worship that God gave to us. Um, and I believe like Jesus also worshipped on the Sabbath day and always went to the synagogue. I think it's good for us too, like that. Yeah. So um, here he is teaching. And uh, why don't we have uh, Betty read, where did? Where did this man get uh, these things? They was this the wisdom that he has been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Is, uh, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Uh, and his sisters uh, here with us. And they took offense at him. Okay, we'll stop there for a second. Uh, so now there's people asking these questions about Jesus. Here's Christ. He's teaching with authority, with power, proclaiming the Word of God. 
at the synagogue, right? All the people are there. Uh, people that saw Jesus grow up as a boy, you know? Uh, people that knew him and his family. And they said, isn't this the carpenter's son? The carpenter's son, right? Uh, so, yeah, son of Mary, right? And the work that he did as a young boy was just common work, right? As a carpenter uh, with Joseph. And then he had these brothers and sisters. And so they're saying, they, they're underestimating Jesus. They're saying, well, isn't he just a carpenter? You know, where, where does he get these words from? How does he know all this, right? They're asking these questions about him. Because they know he didn't go to the Pharisee school or the rabbi school, right? Um, he just learned many things at home, and he worked a common job as he's growing up. So they think, well, where does he get all this stuff from? You know, uh, they're, they're questioning, <clears throat> which I don't think they should, because they should know that God's wisdom is coming, is speaking through this man, speaking through Jesus. And sometimes we have a, a, a tendency to put people into a certain mold, and we underestimate their potential. We think, oh, that person, they're just a... Uh, just a housewife. Well, that person, they're just a, you know, just a salesperson, right? What can they do? What can they do? They didn't go to the right school. They don't have the PhD, right? So we underestimate people sometimes. And uh, it's not good because then we, we might overlook something that God is doing, right? We could overlook God's message or God's blessing, like here through Jesus. They didn't know Mary gave a birth, they were people married, didn't they know? Well, they knew about Jesus, they knew about Jesus. Now I think that they were actually married, I think they married before the baby came, but that Joseph that never... That in, I uh, think they engaged it. Well, they were, uh, yeah, they were engaged, that's right, but, but I think also they married before the baby actually came, yeah. Okay, Joseph knew that she was pregnant. So everyone knows that he is a Joseph's that's what the Joseph. That's what the thought was, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Otherwise, it would have been very scandalous. Very big scandal. Okay, the baby came really soon, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they, did get, they did get married, you know, and if so... They did, and if they don't, if they knew... Mm -hmm. when he found out that Mary was going to have this baby. He thought, wait a second, this is, this is not good. And he's thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to put away this woman. I cannot, I cannot take her, right? Um, so I'm just going to let her go. Um, but then God showed him in a dream, okay, this baby was given by me. So do not, you know, be afraid to take her as your wife. Uh, so, yeah, the other people, they would, they would have looked down so much on the family of Jesus and on Jesus um, in that case. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, I don't think they knew about that until afterwards the Bible writers talked about it. <laughs> Unbelievable situation. Yeah, for most people they would have a very hard time to believe that. Maybe you'd have a hard time 
if you, you'd be like, God gave you the baby? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. They, they recognize, okay, the family, there's brothers of Jesus. There's even sisters of Jesus that are mentioned here. So interesting, Jesus had these brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, they took offense. And it says, verse 4, uh, Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. People underestimate him. They don't respect his words. They think, oh, we just know this guy. Oh, we know his family. We know about him since he was young. Who's this? All right, this can't be anybody special. Just a common guy, All right? So sometimes in your own home, your own family, your own place, says the prophet is without honor, not appreciated uh, for what God has called him to be. Yeah, so sometimes that, that hurts a certain influence uh, in the home area. Uh, verse 5 says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick folk or sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Yeah. Why couldn't he do miracles there? Many miracles. What was, what was, the, what was the problem? Because of their lack of faith. Yeah, lack of faith. Because of their lack of belief their lack of trust in the power of God, and also in God working through him. Uh, so it says he, he could not do many miracles there. Yeah. Um, but he just uh, helped a few sick people, a couple sick people here and there, and he taught. He preached. Right? That was the most that he did. Yeah. So in this case, he couldn't do many miracles. Now, I think also today, what about today? Sometimes we say, oh, I don't see so many miracles. I don't see so many things happening, right? Part of the reason is because of lack of belief. That's part of the reason. A lot of people don't really believe in God's power. A lot of people don't really trust God's word, right? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't do miracles for, to show others. Just he, uh, he wanted to cure him, cure them. He wanted to help the people, right. It was never a show. It was never a show. He doesn't say, all right, look at me. I'll prove to you that I'm the Messiah. And magic powers or something. There is just a cure there, right. but we thought that there is a miracle. Huh? Just he is, uh, he wanted to help them. Just wanted to help we, them. We, we thought there is a miracle. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, it was miraculous, right? It, it was a supernatural means of healing. It was not just a natural way. Um, there was something else to it, more powerful. Mm. There was divine power working. Yeah. So anyway, <coughs> uh, yeah, Jesus was not trying to show off anything. In fact, he told people to be quiet, right? Don't say anything about that. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jesus couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. And uh, I think that's a problem today as well. Um, and also, when it comes to miracles, we should realize that sometimes God does extra special miracles. Sometimes God does more miracles, and sometimes He doesn't do so many miracles, right? Uh, like things before our eyes that we, can, that we see, right? And sometimes the Bible says even the devils can do miracles. It says that, that they will come working miracles to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So just because we see some kind of miracle, 
doesn't mean it's from God. <clears throat> right, the devil and false teachers um, also can do miracles, and they will do miracles, the Bible says. So we should be careful about that. Yeah, We need to make sure, does this agree with the Word of God? Does it agree with the Bible? Because there are false prophets, the Bible says. There are false miracles, and you should be careful. Don't just believe everything that happens. Yeah. Jesus makes that very clear when you read in Matthew 24. He says false prophets will come, false miracles will be done. Even Revelation 13 says that in the last days there's this corrupt power united with the government and they try to do false miracles. right? Like bringing fire down from heaven and different stuff like that. Uh, so, anyway, Jesus didn't do many miracles at this time. And uh, we can see this... Uh, this idea. Sometimes miracles, right, there's many miracles, like when Jesus was here, when the, when the apostles were working, there's many miracles we can see in the early church. But sometimes there's not so many miracles. It doesn't mean that God has lost any power. It doesn't mean that God is not willing to help people. God does help people. And even today, God does miracles, right? And there are things that God does in different places. He helps people all the time. Right? There are many miracles that happen. We don't always see it. We don't always hear about it. Um, but sometimes we do hear about something. Right? So anyway, um, don't worry if you're like, oh, why didn't we see some super big miracle? Okay, just have faith in God. Trust God. And God will show you miracles. I think even life is a miracle, right? Even life is a miracle. That we can be alive. <laughs> right? <laughs> Now, where does this life come from? From God. Okay, let's go on to verse 7. Maybe Alice can read. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These words and instructions Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Mm -hmm. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any priest will not welcome you or listen to you, shake around. The dust of your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. Okay, Jesus is sending out the twelve. Uh, so Jesus began you know, training up these men. First of all, he went out and he called these men to himself. Do you remember when he invited them? He said, he found them, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. He says, come and follow me, right? Uh, so he invited his disciples to him, and they were learning from him, and Jesus was teaching, Jesus was training them. And then uh, Jesus also sent them out. Part of their training was very practical. Uh, you know what Jesus taught to them. He says, okay, now please uh, go out and share um, what I've taught you. And uh, 
and practice this, right? Experience how to share the gospel, and how to share God's truth. And so uh, he sent them out like that. And this is part of their, their training. This is part of their education. Because after Jesus finished his public ministry, after Jesus died on the cross and went back to heaven, he wasn't here anymore. He's not around. In fact, he gave the responsibility of sharing the gospel, and he gave it to these 12 disciples, especially, and to his people, to the church, to those who believe, those who follow, right? Um, so Christ uh, trained these men up. He gave them very practical education, um, and they were to go out and share with others. And once Jesus left, after he finished his, his mission, his public teaching and everything, uh, then it was up to the disciples to continue the work of Jesus and to share his truth, um, to carry forward the message of the gospel. Yeah. So uh, Jesus says he went around uh, teaching from village to village. Okay. He did lots of teaching, but not so many miracles um, at that time. Uh, verse 7, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out by two and two. Right, two by two. Um, this is the way that Jesus did uh, to have social support, right? <laughs> to have um, help, okay? The Bible says that, uh, that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor, right? And that, uh, what is it, a double cord is not broken quickly, right? Like, like two put together. One cord can break more easily, but two put together is much better. And three, even stronger, <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, Christ sent out his people this way to encourage each other, maybe where one person had a strong point, but they also had weak points. The other person maybe had strong points and some weak points, but together they could overcome their weakness and help each other to be strong. Right? Um, so this is how Jesus did it. Now, um, also many Christians, when they do missions, uh, they try to work together. Yeah, they should work together. Um, they, they also send out people together. Now, this is also commonly followed by uh, like Jehovah's Witness Church. When you see them, they come to your doors maybe uh, here in Korea. Uh, usually you'll see two people. They always come together, knock on your door. How are you today? <laughs> um, or the, the Mormon people, Mormon Church, you know. Usually the, those missionaries come from America and they have like some white shirt and tie and they're walking and have their and books. Please. They, have, they don't stay a long time in one place. They don't stay a long time. Yeah, I don't know why. But yeah, they have a tendency to move them. Yeah, they move. Yeah, they do move them around. I heard that. Yeah, that's true. So, um... Utah? Utah? Yeah, Utah yeah, is the place. My sister, she lives in Utah, so she knows. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, many Mormons in Utah. And, and I know the Mormons' children. Uh -huh. They don't go to the school. They don't go to school to study. Only stay at home. The parents study them. Ah, uh, they, they have a lot of children over four. Yeah, many and times people. Yeah, yeah many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not everyone has a lot of children. Not not every Mormon has so many, but some of them do have lots of children. Yeah, my yeah. sister neighbors. She is woman. Uh -huh. yeah, they uh -huh. are woman. Oh. And their sibling, yeah, they uh -huh. have carry 
Yeah, the old used to carry the second, second carry. Yeah, they have. Yeah, uh-huh. it's very good education. Uh huh. She told me. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think yeah they do believe in that, that homeschooling a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they, but they also do public schools. Some of them, it depends. But I think, especially when they're young, they try to. What your kids did you spread the gospel on the street? Sure. Yeah, I've also done that um, by like uh, selling Christian books door to door. I've done that, and I've done in America. I've done like Bible studies uh, with people uh, going door to door. Um, we would find out who is interested in, in Bible studies. It's your job? Uh, yeah. to invite the... Invite people... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, invite. Yeah, sure. Invite people to come to like, uh, like Bible meetings. Yeah. Or, um, or I would just give Bible studies at people's homes in America. In America, when you yeah. knock the door... Mm-hmm. How how's the how how was their uh, how did they react? How do they react? Mm. It depends on the person. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Korea, uh, we usually we used to uh, we used to we used not to be there, pretend. You pre- pretend not yeah. to be there. Yeah, sure. Some people do that too, mm. in America. Mm. Other people say go away, <laughs> or or you know some people. They're Almost really uh, yeah. Americans is a Christian. They they say to you go away. Some people, and I don't think most of them are Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some people they just don't want yeah anybody coming by. But other people like they're really like they're praying for somebody to come by. They said they said they're like so glad that when you came there and they're like, you know, I was praying to God that somebody would help me to learn about the Bible. I didn't know anything. I wanted to know, and. And so it was like the happiest thing for them, for their day. They're so glad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, you know, maybe if we go to visit people at their homes, maybe it's not for everybody, because maybe not everybody really wants to know more about the Bible um, or understand about God, but some people really, really want to. So they're so happy that you came to visit them. Yeah. So Did I think... try to do like the things in Korea? I haven't, I haven't done it in Korea, maybe because I don't speak uh-huh. Korean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and usually, usually, I'm very busy also with my work here at the school. Yeah. So I think for me, this is also good ministry because I can share the Bible here at the school, you know, with people who want to learn. Yeah. So, anyway, I hope. Did you have a question or something? No, I mean. <laughs> It's very um, good experience in Oh, yeah, very good experience. Yeah, for you. Yeah, maybe I should try. <laughs> I will go with a translator. Okay, you can come. You can yeah. come. <laughs> I you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a good experience. I think that Jesus wants us to do many, many types of mission work or do mission work in many ways uh, to share about God's love. And God's word. Um, so this is one of the ways in which we can share. Like here, they were told to go out two by two and to share. Um, and it says, okay, he gave them authority over evil spirits. So also they could throw out or cast out evil spirits. Jesus gave this authority. 
Um, these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Why do you think? <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah, why did Jesus tell them to do it like this? Why do you think? God can give you things. Okay, okay. So God can give you things that you need, right? So maybe he's teaching them, don't depend on all the stuff, but just depend on God. Right? Yeah, depend on God. So God was going to provide for them these things. Usually we can make a lot of excuses. We can say, oh, I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough food. So how can I do mission work? Yeah. Right? Well, God says, wait a second. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you. I'm going to help you along the way. Uh, so just go like that and, and watch how God blesses. Right? And he did. Um, also, Jesus told them to, to wear simple things. He says, wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Tunic is kind of like a coat type of thing. Right? So he says, don't, don't take an extra one. Sometimes we have so many extras of everything, right? Maybe you have like uh, 10 pairs of shoes at home. Some people have many, many shoes, <laughs> right? Okay. I think I have like five pairs of shoes for different outfits or something or different style of wear. You know, but some people in some places, different countries, they don't even have one pair of shoes. They have zero pairs of shoes. When I was in Kenya, I visited an orphanage with 45 orphans and only like, only like five or six of those kids have shoes. Yeah, most of them just, they're walking around barefoot. They don't have shoes. They can't they afford. They don't have need shoes or they have no money to buy shoes. They have no money to buy shoes, yeah. Um, they, I think they can get by without the shoes many times, but sometimes in the rain, uh, it, it, the mud gets in their toes and occasionally they get some uh, rash or something, in, some infection in between their toes, yeah, because of that. So they have to be very careful about that. And then other times when the little kids are at school, uh, they, they go into the bathrooms at the school and there's like, uh, like pee and all kinds of stuff on the floor and they, they have no shoes. So they just walk barefoot onto this stuff, which is not good for them. It could cause a disease in their feet. Uh, there is only reason. What is it? With, with no money. That's basically yeah, the reason. They don't really have very much. Yeah, money. So food is the most important. Shoes are just secondary thing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, maybe also some clothing to cover your body. That's more important than shoes. So they try to take care of the first needs, right? And if there's anything for shoes, then okay. But if they don't have it, then barefoot, no shoes. I want to come. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in terms of missionary work, I think there's a lesson we can find here. And one of the, those things is, uh, don't, don't get tied down with so much stuff. Don't become a slave to your stuff. I mean, we can use things, yes. We, things can help our lives, things can make life more comfortable, can make life cleaner, can make life easier, so your time is more efficient, right? Um, but don't be totally tied down to things, right? Sometimes if you have to travel and go somewhere to do mission work, uh, maybe you have to just live simply. Live simply. We don't, we don't need all the extra stuff, okay? 
Um, when you visit there, huh. did you, uh, didn't you feel the guilty of, of wearing uh, shoes? When you wearing mm -hmm. shoes there, uh -huh. children there's no shoes, they don't have shoes. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel guilty, <laughs> but because um, like I mean, p people did have shoes. Like a lot of the adults had shoes. Um, and or sandals or something like that, just very simple. Um, but I mean, but the, still the kids, yeah, yeah. No right? No, they didn't know how. Yeah, they didn't have. Mm -hmm. So we were there to help them, and we did help so them. Take off your shoes and give them. <laughs> yeah. Give well, them. most of them are very small children, and so their my shoes would not fit. Definitely not fit them, uh, except maybe a couple of the older kids. There was some that were like eighteen. But I think even though even them, their feet weren't as big as my feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they they can use help over there. We we actually we're we're still helping them. I still keep in touch with the the orphanage owner, um, and he's also a very good missionary. Um, but he lives in Kenya. He's native Kenyan. So anyway, um, yeah, they they still need help. So we're trying to help them. And they have some building projects. They're working on a kitchen right now, um, trying to build this better kitchen for feeding all these kids. Do, do they use uh, English? Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. It's more easier to uh, have a relationship. Yeah, sure. Many of them can speak English. They learn it in school. Like they, they study in English and they study in Swahili. Uh, it's not a native language? The native language is Swahili. Mm -hmm. And there's many different local dialects, local ways of speaking Swahili. But, well, Swahili is the official language, actually, and then there's the local language, yeah? So, uh, anyway, yeah, they do learn in Swahili, the official language, and then English is also an official language. So they study that in school as well. They learn subjects in English. Yeah, so, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we can, we can send them. Mm. Yeah, we could. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to know more about that, mm -hmm. I can tell you. I, someday I'm going to do a presentation about that and share with some pictures and things from my work there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> All right. So anyway, Jesus said, live simply. Just wear sandals, take what you need, but not so much. And God will provide for your other needs. Uh, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you have, have uh, sorry, until you leave that town. Um, and this is, you know, establishing themselves, he said, just stay in that place, you know, develop a good relationship with the people where you're staying. Um, and uh, this, was, this is how Christ instructed. So sometimes it's just good for us to stay in some place, you know, for a, for a decent while, get to know people, right? And, and also live a good Christian life. Don't, don't live a, a foolish or evil life. But build good relationships with people. Um, um, help people to know that you're a trustworthy person, right? So Jesus told them, when you go there, you just stay in the one house um, until you leave that place. So you can get to know these people well. Um, and they can get to know you well. Yeah, that's important. Uh, so this is how Jesus told his disciples to work. <coughs> Uh, then he says, if any place does not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. Uh, okay. What can you mean? Shake the dust off your 
<laughs> shake the dust off your feet. It means it literally, literally, it means pick up your feet and shake the dust off. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if anyone doesn't receive you, but basically Jesus is saying, you know, just forget about it. Just keep on going, right? If they don't receive you, if they're inside their house and they pretend like they're not home, you know, okay, just forget about it, right? Um, if other things happen, if they say something rude to you and say, get out of here, Jesus says, you know what, just don't, don't even worry about that, right? God will judge. God will judge every person. Um, Why does hmm? God uh, command them mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, to, to leave something like dust or shape? Oh, shake the dust off your feet. Okay. This is an expression. This is an expression. Shake the dust off your feet. It means like, um, like just forget about it. Don't. It's kind of like the expression. Don't care about it. Like, like water off a duck's back. You know. Like just let it go. Just let it go like that. Um, shake the shake the dust off your feet. Right. And uh, sometimes sometimes people shake the dust off their feet. Right. Uh, when. <laughs> You're like, all right, fine. You don't want to hear. It, used, right. it, can, it, it can be testimony against them. Yeah, against them. Yeah, a witness against them. Why, why, why does he comment them to read, uh, to read the testimony? Uh huh. Against them. Uh, that is a. Uh, mm. uh, that means if their behavior is not so good, mm -hmm. so it becomes a testimony of their their guilty. Yeah. Right. So right. Do you want to punish them? Or yeah, yeah, well, yeah, God will judge everyone um, for their actions. And if, if we, like, okay, imagine if God sends us a message, right, or a messenger, and then we, we, send, we send away the messenger. <coughs> or we just, <coughs> maybe we're unkind, <coughs> we're not um, hospitable to people. Yeah. Mm. Basically, um, God says, I will judge those things, right? Um, yeah. yeah, like imagine if God sends you a letter, right? And there's a mailman, okay? The mailman has the letter, and he comes to your door, and you're like, oh, it's that stupid mailman again, <laughs> right? You know, forget about this guy. And we pretend like we're not home, or we just go out there and we're like, get out of here. No, I don't want the mail. I don't want the mail, right? So who are we rejecting? Are we rejecting the, just the mailman, or are we rejecting the person, like the king, who sent the mailman? They reject God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're rejecting even the sender of the mail. Not just the messenger, not just the mail person, right? Mm -hmm. but, but even the sender. And so God says, you know what? If they, are, if they do not listen to you, if they're rude to you, they're not welcoming, they just, you know, get out of here or something. Uh, he says, shake off the dust from your feet. And this is a testimony against them. You just keep on going, and you do the work, and and God will will judge and care about that person. It's their responsibility. Yeah, right. It's their responsibility. It's not yours because now they rejected you. So you go to some other person, maybe who's willing to to know about God. Right. That's how Jesus taught. So even even if you do door to door like ministry, uh, like this style, like Jesus taught, um, you can experience this. You know, I've experienced that many times. Like, certain people, they just, they really don't want to hear. They're like, get out of here, you know. 
Yeah, they don't want that. So, but I know, I know, okay, uh, for me to go out there and do this kind of work, okay, uh, it's maybe, maybe it's not for them because they will not accept it. They turn it away. But there's other people who really, really need to know and really want to know. Well, everybody needs to know, okay, but not everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I realize, okay, well, God will deal with these people, right? Okay, it's not, my it's not just my message, it's God's message to them. They don't want to hear God's message, that's okay. Their choice, right? God will deal with it, God will judge. Okay, but the other person who really wants to know, okay, God sent me especially to help them, right? Uh, somebody who really wants to know about God. So, um, anyway, this is the counsel Jesus gave about the ministry. <clears throat> okay, uh, so they went out and they preached that people should repent, that is, to turn away from sins. And they drove out many demons, or evil spirits, and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Um, oftentimes they would anoint with some oil when they were doing healing. Uh, even the book of James counsels us. If someone is sick and says you can call for the elders of the church to come together, uh, they anoint the person with oil, they pray for them, and it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Um, we don't know every time if, they, if somebody gets well, but uh, if, God, if it's for God's glory, right, then He can make someone well. So um, this is how we can find that they would do that usually in the Bible. Anointing with oil and praying for the sick people, and uh, oftentimes God was healing those people. The symbol, the oil. Yeah, the oil is kind of symbolic. It's interesting when Jesus healed. Uh, sometimes he would heal, like he would put something on people, right? Sometimes he made some mud. He put it on a blind, blind man's eyes, right? And he said, now go and wash, go and wash your face. And he says, it will go away. Um, you'll be healed. So he received his sight. Um, but that kind of stuff happens. So the Bible does say, okay, if you're going to do some anointing and some uh, prayer for someone who's sick, this is a good way, right, to receive God's, um, God's power or God's help uh, in this healing process. Yeah, so uh, we can just trust in God's words and realize this is one way that God invites us to experience His healing, right, and to share His healing. Yeah. Alright, so we do have other biblical instruction. The book of James talks about that same idea. Alright, now we have, um, we have 15 minutes until 12, okay? Um, so I think we can just do class until 12, is that okay? Finish right at 12? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have a story here, and I think what we need to do is read from verse 14 to 30, right? Verse 14 to 30, just read the story, uh, make very little comment, and then make an overall lesson. There's an application that I want to share about this story that I think is important. Um, okay, so why don't we start reading maybe, uh, Susan, can you read from verse 14? King's Herod. King's Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Somewhere seen Jesus, uh, John. John the, mm -hmm. John the Baptist. The Baptist has been raised from the dead. Dead. And that is why miracles, miraculous, miraculous powers 
app work in him others say others say he is who? a prophet he is Elijah. Oh, Elijah. Okay, Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. What's the Korean word like Elias? Is it Elias? How do you say Elijah in Elia. Korean? Elia. Right. Yeah. And still others claim he is the prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod? Yes, Herod. Herod. Heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded, beheaded has been raised from the dead. Okay, raised from the dead. Uh, okay, so um, there is uh, King Herod. Okay, he is one of the Roman leaders, um, especially in this local province of Judea. And uh, the name of Jesus was becoming very well known. And now he starts actually thinking that uh, John the Baptist is raised from the dead. Uh, we remember John the Baptist. He was a very powerful messenger from God. He spoke God's truth uh, very boldly. Now he spoke it with love, but he spoke it boldly. He called sin by its right name. Um, if something was wrong, okay, John said it's wrong. All right, this is sin. It's against God's will. Um, it's not righteous, it's against God's law, it's a sin, it's evil, we shouldn't do it. Okay? And um, also, John pointed people to Jesus, the coming Messiah, the coming Savior. Uh, John did not leave people hopeless and say only, oh, well, your sin is so terrible, but he pointed them to the deliverer from sin. He pointed them to the Savior from sin. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, John condemned sin in every form, which is what God does too. The Bible condemns sin. But the Bible also gives us hope of salvation through a Savior, through Jesus Christ, right? Who can deliver us from sin and also from the penalty of sin, which is death. Two things Jesus saves us from, sin's power and sin's penalty, right? So we can live a righteous life through Jesus Christ. But uh, as King Herod saw the working of Jesus, he was very concerned. He thought, this, this could be John the Baptist. Maybe he's come back from the dead, right? Because uh, Herod had taken off John's head. That's what the word is, beheaded. means his head was cut off, right? Uh, King Herod had, had given an order for the head of John the Baptist to be taken off, to be cut off. Uh, they had taken him into prison, and then his head was cut off. Um, and the, it's going to tell the story, actually. We're going to see the story of how this happened, why was his head taken off. Um, in this chapter, it tells the story. So um, they're thinking, who is this person? Who is this Jesus? Well, Elijah was one of the greatest prophets. They said, is he Elijah? Some people said he is Elijah. There was a promise in the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, uh, God said, I will send the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, right? Uh, Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. He was a prophet of revival. He came to revive uh, the, the people of Israel. The people of Israel had turned away from God's word, okay? They said, we're God's people, but they lived like devils. 
They did not obey God's word. And so even the king did not obey God's word. And his wife, uh, Jezebel, did not obey God's word. So Elijah came and preached a message and reformed Israel. And uh, they killed many of the false prophets and tried to clean some of this evil out of Israel. Okay, that happened in the days of Elijah. Well, Jesus said that John the Baptist actually came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Okay, um, Elijah was a prophet of revival, to revive and to reform Israel. Right? Revival and reformation go together. There needs to be a change in our life, uh, a change for the better. This is the word reform, right? to reform something. So, uh, uh, revival and reformation, they go together. Okay? Well, Elijah in the Old Testament, he did revival and reformation. People's spiritual life was changed. People made choices in their life to follow God's righteous word. Okay? Um, when John the Baptist came, same thing happened. Right? This great revival. Okay? So, some people are saying, is he Elijah? Maybe he's Elijah. They're thinking this about Jesus. Right? Um, also, we should know God is sending a great revival again, especially before the second coming, right? Really? Sure. Yeah. God wants his message to go to all the world. Revelation 18 talks about that, especially this great, powerful, powerful message that all the world hears, part of the three angels' messages of Revelation. Um, that's probably going to be another lesson, different time. but. Um, she knows about that because we studied so many things before. Uh, <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, there's going to be also a great... God, God wants to revive people. God wants to give the last message of mercy, the final warning, the final call, before Jesus returns, right? Um, in the days of Jesus, there was a great amount of preaching that happened. Uh, preaching that was empowered, empowered by God's Spirit, right? Okay, God has always sent His Spirit to empower His preachers. And especially in the very end, in the last days, God wants to do the same. Right? Great revival. Anyway, some people thought, Jesus, maybe He's Elijah. Some people said, maybe He's uh, uh, one of the prophets. He's a prophet, or he's, one, he's like those prophets from long ago. Maybe some revival of the prophets. And some people said, some people thought, maybe He's the Messiah. Uh, King Herod thinks... He's John the Baptist. John the Baptist has come back now to get me. He's come back to haunt me. Because uh, he has a guilty conscience. Right? Yeah, yeah, very guilty conscience. He knows he beheaded John and took his head off. And he's never heard anybody preach like John, except for John. So now he thinks this man, Jesus, it must be John. Maybe he's come back. Right? He's a very superstitious man. Right? And a very guilty man. <laughs> yeah. So his conscience is getting to him in his mind. He's eating him up. Uh, and he is so concerned. Uh, okay, so he thinks it's John, and then it says um, he's been raised from the dead. Okay, verse 17. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. Okay, this woman, she wanted John to be put in prison. Verse 18, For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. 
So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Okay, so see, Herod kind of liked the words of John. He knew what John said was true, right? Even though he wasn't necessarily a religious man, he thought, this guy, what he says is right, you know, it's righteous. And he knew he shouldn't take his brother's wife. Okay, this is a sin, right? Herod should never have married his brother's wife. Okay, it's brother's wife, not your wife, right? Yeah, very corrupt. Yeah, moral corruption, pollution was all over in the Roman, in the Roman government. It's like the world today. So much corruption, so much sin. Uh, and so anyway, John had spoken out against this. He said, no, no, this is not righteous. You cannot do that. Um, and the king knew about that, knew about John's saying. Okay, Herod knew about it, and Herodias knew about it. Well, Herod, he kind of liked John's words, you know, even though he knew, okay, I'm wrong, right? But John is telling the truth. Uh, but Herodias, she, it says she nursed a grudge. She got very angry at John. She hated this man, John. Why is he saying this about me? You know, and her sin, you know, she did sin. Okay, she shouldn't have married this guy. She was married to another person. So anyway, she hated John. And his, his brother is died at the time? Well, his brother didn't. I don't think his brother had died. But he just, he just took he the wife. He to his brother's wife. Yeah, so he took her. Yeah, he was a political leader. And yeah, sure. Sure. She just left her husband, and she wanted to marry Harry. And he wanted her, so they married. Right? So, anyway, this was a sin. Okay, and John preached against it. John was not afraid to speak boldly against sin, to say what was wrong. But John also pointed to the Savior who would deliver us and save us from that sin if we chose to follow Jesus, right? <clears throat> so anyway, uh, some people liked John um, and some people hated John. When we speak the truth of God's Word, the same effect will happen. Some people will really love it because they want to know about God. Um, some people will hate the person who points out their sin. You want to say, you say this is wrong, you say this is sin, I don't like you, right? Yeah, why don't you just accept anything, right? So, uh, anyway, sometimes you make enemies when you speak the truth. Yeah, when you speak what's righteous, some people don't like that because their action is unrighteous. Their way is unrighteous. So they don't want to hear the righteous truth, right? So, um, John also had enemies, not because John was a bad guy, but because John was willing to speak the truth. And John was willing to speak boldly. And so some people really didn't like to hear that. Yeah. So this woman, she hated John. She hated him so much. Maybe it would be indicated their bad behaviors mm. to tell the truth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was the situation with, uh, with them. And, uh, and so anyway, um, we're going to have to finish here really soon, really soon. Okay. 21. Yes, 21. Uh, okay, 21. Finally, finally, the opportunity, or the opportune time came. Uh, on his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high 
officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. So many important people came to this banquet. There's food, there's drinking, they're having wine, they're having everything else, right? Um, and all the high commanding officials are there at this, at this place. And notice who comes in, verse 22. Uh, when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you up to the half of my kingdom. Hmm. So, this is a very big boast that Herod made. You know, here he is. He's in front of all these people, all the officials of the military. And here Herod is the ruler of the area. He's the king, right, of this, of this province. And so, um, yeah, he's making this statement. And now it's going to be very hard to pull back those words. Yeah, he's kind of stuck. He says to this girl, hey, I'll give you, you know, um, whatever you want, to even to half the kingdom. Now, what kind of dancing was this girl doing? Um, probably not friendly kind of dancing. This is, this is a seductive kind of dancing, right? Here's this woman, she's dancing around and showing herself and showing her body, showing her beauty. This is like worldly dance, right? Yeah, this is like, how, how else? She's not, she's not doing, she's not dancing like a ballerina, I guarantee, <laughs> right? Okay, um, the, 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 the kind of dance that the world loves is popular dance. And female dancers uh, often would do this kind of dance, right? Um, so anyway, she, she was getting him excited and the other military men, they really loved her dance. So he says, I'll give you whatever you want, even to half the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Made this promise. And um, I'm thinking we should finish the story next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we leave, we leave the story right there at the <laughs> climax because something very interesting happens. Something very bad happens. Sad, sad, very something very, terrible. yeah. Mm. But we're going to learn also some more lessons about this um, next time. Yeah, that's at 20, that was at 22, 24. We'll, we'll talk about that story just a little bit more, and then we'll, we'll, read, we'll read the rest of the verses there, and we'll cover in our next class. Yeah. Okay, but maybe my question, my question is, um, yes, would you like to put your trust in Christ and learn how to serve Him? This is my question. Uh, we can put our trust in Jesus Christ, in someone who is righteous, someone who is faithful, someone who is good. Uh, if we can put our trust in Him and not be like those who didn't believe and those who didn't experience Christ's miracles, right? Um, by our choice, yeah, we can experience more of Jesus or we can not experience as much of Jesus. I think it's our choice. Yeah, so hopefully we can experience more of Jesus. Um, why don't we have a word of prayer then? And we'll finish our class. Okay, our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this, this day. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you for the work that you have done and the work that you are doing. Um, please help us to learn from you and to have your peace, your guidance, your direction for our lives. 
um, help us today to do what is right and help us to learn uh, things from you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen.